1: 801, Friday edition of the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter. We're going to delay the start of our top of the hour news for just a second because how often do you get the mayor of Tulsa, city councilor Phil lakin and the governor all in the studio at the same time? The governor's agreed to hang out for just a couple of minutes. We didn't
2: have to even pay.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> and not only is he the governor of Oklahoma, He is also one of uh, G.T. Bynum's constituents. So, Governor, now that you've got the mayor's ear here, is there anything that you'd like to ask our mayor?
3: Thank you. Thank you for that. Yes, I, I want I want to tell you, I drove, driving over here today, the river was so full and beautiful. When are we going to get those low river dams put in place so we can keep this beautiful part and this asset that we have in Tulsa?
4: You've never heard that before. Wow, I'm really glad you asked that, Governor. No, we, uh, we have the design underway on a northern dam that'll create a three-mile lake. And then we have the city of Jinx and the city of Tulsa both passed our funding initiatives for a South Tulsa Jinx dam. Uh, We have a third funding partner that we need to step up to fund that for it to happen. Would that be the state of Oklahoma? No, no? I, oh, okay. that'd be, be fantastic. That be, could convenient, be, yeah, could be. be so I'm really glad the governor just asked. <laughs> <laughs> From right. your
1: perspective, Mayor Bynum, how's how's this guy done in office? So ah, uh,
4: I I think I would ask any Tulsa to find a governor in the country who's doing a better job right now than Governor Stitt. I don't think he can, uh, and I've told him this. The way that he is turned around the level of expectation in our state from being, hey, let's try to be average in the region to let's be a top 10 state in the whole country. There's no way to quantify the impact that that's going to have on our state moving forward, not just for the state government, but for all the kids growing up in Oklahoma right now that suddenly start thinking with higher ambition and expect more from themselves and from our mm-hmm. state. So, man, uh, it. It's everything that I had hoped it would be, having him as our governor.
1: Tulsa City Councilor Phil Lakin is here as well. Do you concur?
5: Oh, I think what the mayor just said, yes. He said it very well, and I definitely concur. Yeah.
1: Do you have any questions for him? I mean, he he got to ask you
4: one. Do you want to ask him <laughs> <one? laughs> No, I was just... Uh, telling him i i felt really good about our savings level for our rainy day fund in tulsa of uh, increasing mm. it by four million dollars until i heard that he's going to put 200 million into his so <laughs> yeah, it's kind of apples and oranges right. but <laughs> yeah. bit, yeah. right, have no. you been
1: monitoring governor the uh, the high water situations around the state and keystone specifically
3: yeah we were just talking about that beforehand and, and uh, i think the the mayor was just telling me that the keystone dam has opened uh um, more water's coming through that than than has been in the last forty years. Is am I saying that correctly? Pretty
4: much, yeah, yeah. in about, over three decades. Unbelievable.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, we we certainly don't need any more rain from our partners to the north for sure.
4: How often do you
2: two work together? Just talk, visit, and go through things together.
3: You know, uh, not as much as I'd like. Uh, we had we had uh, lunch together when I was in Tulsa. Um, at at a, White River, I know. At White River Fish <laughs> yes. Market, one of <laughs> Tulsa's uh, great restaurants, and uh, had a great time visiting with him. And was it your chief of staff that was there with us?
4: Yes, Mister Junk. Yes, uh, who's now your chief of yes, staff? Right. <laughs> uh, who got poached from me? Thank you for reminding me about that. Uh, but no, I you know that is something that it's been great to have Michael Junk, who was my deputy mayor, now is Governor Stitt's chief of staff, and that has really allowed us to have a great working relationship between the state and the city in a way that at least hasn't been there in the time that I've been at City Hall. Nice. Uh, and you cannot, uh, I don't think. I can't overstate how valuable it is to have a governor who's from Tulsa, who gets the issues that we're dealing with in Tulsa uh, and wants Tulsa to be successful. And who knows who the number 1 morning show in Tulsa is and likes (laughs) to call
1: every once in a while and just be on the show. Governor, I I know you got to go, but thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me
3: here. Thanks for the kind words, Mayor and Phil. Thank you so much.
1: Governor Kevin Stitt. All right, let's start this 8 o'clock hour. This
5: is News 1023 KRMG, where Tulsa turns first for breaking news, severe weather, and red alert traffic.
4: Live team coverage of Tulsa's news starts now.
1: Good morning. It's 8.05, 69 degrees in Tulsa. Some sunshine, some clouds mixed. Same this afternoon, only up to 87 today. We tell you the three big things you need to know every 15 minutes on the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter. Number three. (laughs) Happening today, next door in Missouri, that state's Republican-led house is expected to pass a sweeping bill to ban abortions at eight weeks of pregnancy. It would not include exceptions for pregnancies caused by rape or incest. And doctors violating the ban would face five to 15 years in prison. Number two. (laughs) Happening today in Tulsa, Mayfest begins, and it's different this year. The festival now located on four blocks in the Arts District, north of downtown, what used to be known as the Brady District. You don't need to buy coupons anymore. The vendors now take cash, many take cards. Number one... Our top story on the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter happening now. It's a KRMG Morning News 8 a.m. in-depth hour. In 2013, Tulsa voters passed the Improve Our Tulsa plan, a package of capital improvements contained in two propositions that both passed with yes votes of about 70%. The renewal of Improve Our Tulsa will be on your ballot exactly six years later to the day, November 12th. After a series of public meetings to get feedback on the renewal plan, the city will now begin drilling down on the, uh, on the specifics. KRMG goes in-depth. And to get us started on the hour, here's KRMG's Russell Mills.
0: The proposal outlined by Mayor G.T. Bynum includes just under $600 million in capital expenditures. About 64% would go to street rehabilitation and widening. Another 10% or so goes to equipment. The rest covers a wide range of needs, fire and police, traffic engineering, transit, even some money set aside for a rainy day fund. So we know the broad strokes. But as Councilor Vanessa Hall Harper pointed out to me at the most recent meeting, it's time now to dig into the details.
3: So yeah, I want to know uh, more specifics and more details. Right now it's just kind of a large, you know, overall, you know, so many so many millions of dollars going to this, so many millions of dollars going to that. I want to nail down on what those actual projects are going to be so I can say to my constituents, this is how District 1 is going to be, benefit and each counselor wants to do that, right? District 2 wants to be able to say the very same thing.
0: One thing she mentioned was parks. And Anna America, the city's parks director, addressed that topic at the meeting, saying, we need to take a hard look at some of our crumbling facilities. We
4: have over 100 tennis courts in the city, um, on city parks. More than a third of those are in, in such poor shape that they're
2: difficult to play tennis on often. And about a fourth of them are in such bad shape. They're completely unusable, really, for any kind of sport. They need to be completely removed or completely rehabbed and replaced.
0: After the meeting, I spoke with citizens about what they'd heard. Colby Webster told me he'd like to see less emphasis on street projects, more on making Tulsa accessible to bicyclists and pedestrians. Spending more money on people. So that's pedestrian
2: infrastructure, being able to walk or bike to places, and being able to put that... Uh, into a connected infrastructure that gets people to where they want to be,
4: where they need to be. Without with, cars. Right. So that like it connects to transit, so it connects to jobs,
0: so it connects to you know, neighborhoods. The topic of sidewalks came up several times, I noticed, or rather the lack of sidewalks. Also, the lack of street lighting in some parts of town. Sherry Lasky told me about 56th Street North between Peoria and MLK. When you're driving, you can't halfway see. It's like, okay, I got to drive real slow because people are walking
3: in the street, going to the Family Dollar on the corner where they they can shop at Family Dollar. They have the Family Dollar. Well, they're shopping there, but they're putting their lives in danger because you can't see them.
0: Next up, finalizing the proposal and drafting the ballot language voters will see in November. Russell Mills, News 1023, KRMG. Issues that matter
5: to you. Expanded. On the KRMG Morning News, 8 a.m. In-Depth Hour.
1: 810 Dan Potter and Rick Corey with Tulsa Mayor, G.T. Bynum, and City Councilor Phil Lakin. Guys, welcome back to the KRMG Morning News.
4: Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you.
1: Okay, I want to really, before we delve into the specifics and the numbers and what you heard in these town hall meetings, I want to really understand this, this process what we're talking about now is an election in November for roughly six hundred million dollars in what? Increased taxes and bonds? Is it a combination of the two? What? What is
4: it? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Um, it is not an increase in taxes. We. We've designed it so all it would do is continue. It would keep our rate of taxation both in sales tax and property tax stable the same. moving okay. forward. All right. um, and if we do that for six years, it generates just shy of $600 million. And then we walk back from that. If we have $600 million to work with over six years, where does that go and that's the work that the council and i've been doing for the last uh, several months is just defining overall amounts and the process that we're doing You know, it used to be back in the day that the mayor and a couple counselors would go over to the Chamber of Commerce and get behind closed doors and then come out and tell everybody what they got to vote on. And the city council and I really believe that we want this to be a very public process where the citizens get to play a role in putting this together and really. When we put it on the ballot, we want it to be something that everybody in town wants to vote for. Uh, So that's the. We went through this first round of town halls just to get feedback on the overall amounts. Now we'll go back and do a deeper dive on uh, specific projects, you know, which street projects get done, which parks get new playground equipment, which buildings get their roofs fixed. And then we'll go out and do another round of town hall meetings to present that level of detail.
1: Okay. And make any adjustments that you think are necessary after getting that input.
5: Uh, Phil, those. Meetings looked very well attended. Good input. Yeah, really good input, and that's what we we do through these public meetings. Is just ask the citizens to respond and tell us what they want us to do with their money, because ultimately it's their money. Uh, so we had five public meetings. Um, you know, I think they ranged in attendance from 200 at the very top to maybe 40 or 50 at the, okay. the very lowest attendance numbers, but. You know, I was proud of the citizens for coming out, and they gave us great ideas. You know, there were there were some people who went to all five meetings, and so they were there advocating for a very specific thing, um, and then there were others who just came because it was close to their house or within their district, and um, they they just wanted to know really what we were considering and what we were we were thinking initially of putting on the ballot. And
2: it's universally, and I've heard, I know, since the mayor and I talk every Monday, street, street, streets. But what else came up and how different was it place to place? You mentioned some that were all the same, but again, when you're in one certain area of town, that's your interest. So what kind of things changed?
5: Yeah, streets really, there, there's a lot of emphasis on streets that are of particular atten- a, a, a particular interest to those people in those districts. Hmm. So we do have very specific questions. They just want an opportunity to talk to city officials, period. About things that are happening in their neighborhood and whether or not those things will be fixed within this package, and so we had to broaden that conversation a little bit and just talk about, hey, we're just putting buckets of money together right now. We're really we're we're not at the level of specificity yet, but we will get there, as the mayor said, and then come back to the public in our July meetings. Uh, we'll have three meetings scheduled in July where we'll actually be able to say these are the streets, these are the projects, this is the equipment, these are the facilities that will be repaired.
1: Yeah, we're coming up on a break, so this is going to have to be a brief answer. I don't know if it can be, but how do you do that? How do you go from this kind of big picture stuff that you got from these five public meetings and get so granular and, and drill down to the last cent?
4: Well, you start with asking our department leadership, what are all the needs? And they, told, they gave us a list of $2.2 billion worth of things. And as I told folks at our meetings, any of us in our families, folks in their business, you can think of more important things to spend money on on, then you have money. So it's always about setting priorities, whether it's a family business or a city government. And so the process we're going through is to identify, okay, if we have $2.2 billion in needs, what's the 28% highest priority here overall? And then working from that, under different categories where does that fall and now that we have feedback on that we get down into the more granular levels on streets and we can talk more about how we pick streets after the break
1: yeah let's do that boy you did that just like a radio person that was really
5: good (laughs) he's got experience (laughs) he does hear news weather and traffic on demand on krmg.com we
3: shouldn't need another town hall to know that we need to fix the streets. We told the same thing to Kathy Taylor and Dewey Bartlett. It's time to actually fix the streets. Well,
1: but here's the thing. The streets are being fixed. It's funny because, and Mayor, I'm sure that you you feel this way too, people will on one hand complain about all the concrete barriers and orange cones, but on the other hand, say fix our streets. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, what we're dealing with right now is, and it's classic case in government where you don't maintain things for forty years, and then you have to start fixing them. But yeah. you don't; the streets don't stop deteriorating when you pass a capital improvements program.
1: We're still spending. Back in two thousand eight, we, we passed that package. I think it was almost like a third of a billion dollars called "Fix Our Streets," right? Yeah. Wasn't it three hundred? Four hundred
4: and fifty-two million bucks. Was, yeah. We spent more money in the next five years after that program passed than we had in the previous 25 years combined and then in 2013 we approved improve our we approved improve our tulsa which we're talking about renewing right now yeah. and we increased the amount of street funding even more in that program but the problem is we went 40 years without properly maintaining our streets and so now we have streets in the old parts of the city that need to be replaced and we have streets in the new part of the city that are now too narrow because the population's grown up hmm. around them
1: um, and that that money- money from 2000, from the, fix, the original Fix Our Street package, those repairs are still ongoing, right? That's
4: correct. Uh, that's one thing that we changed after uh, I came in as mayor. We did. We brought a group of business people, and Councillor Lakin was on it too, where they looked at the process that we used to fix our streets. They found that more than 60% of the time it takes to fix a street isn't actually the street work. It's the utility work being done underneath it. Yeah. And we had... One guy at the city coordinating ONG, PSO, AT&T, Cox, all those different wow. groups that have to get under there. And just you can't manage that broad of a project with that kind of complexity with one person. So we asked our engineering team, how many people do we actually need to do this the right way? And they said, We need five people doing this full time. Hmm. And so the council and I put in the budget to hire four more people and now we have the right number of people doing that. But that's the kind of thing that, you know, you, you people see the street get torn up and the barrels go up and then they come down and they go back up and it looks like we're tearing the street up over and over again. That's the utility work being done under the street
1: let's talk as we said we would before the <clears> break <throat> about okay so now you've decided that you're going to put x amount of money in this bucket to repair roads and repair streets how do you pick which
5: neighborhood which street gets repaired council lakin yeah luckily as the mayor earlier said it's a very objective process there's no subjectivity it's not uh, behind closed doors what kind of metric do you use then Uh, So it's called a pavement condition index. So we have people in our engineering department that actually go out and physically inspect every single road in every single neighborhood. And then all of our arterial roads, it sounds like a really boring job to me, but I'm very grateful (laughs) that there are people out there who are doing it. And so they score every road from a zero to a 100, a 100 is a brand new road. And a zero is, you know, probably like a gravel road at that point. But, um, and then we look through and we try to figure out which ones are repairable. So in this case, in this package, we really do hope that we can do a lot of repaving rather than moving utility lines and doing underground work and everything else, which takes years sometimes or many, many months. We hope we can get in and out on some of our jobs because we're, we're trying to maintain what we've put in recently rather than do reconstruction projects. So a road gets a score.
1: And then you, I guess, have to come up with a cutoff of, uh, we're only going to fix roads that are
5: below this number. It's it's kind of like that. Uh, and not every district gets the same percentage of money. So there may be worse roads in District 1 than there are in District 9. Uh. And so in my district, I'll get probably 5% of the road projects. Um, there'll be other districts that get 13 or 14% just because of the condition of the roads. But again, it's not a political process. It's a truly objective process so that we're taking care of the worst roads.
4: And it's, it goes into a computer program that tells us what the greatest return on investment is. That was the biggest shock yeah. to me when I was a city councilor, coming from working in the U.S. Senate. Because I thought it was all, you know, oh, the councilors we all get together and swap projects and wheel and deal. None of that occurs. Uh, It is all based on a computer program that tells you, here's the best return on investment for the money you put in. It's municipal money ball.
2: Right, exactly. Some of of those things. And actually, something uh, the mayor and I talked about about a week and a half ago. At the same time, a a couple of things. Number one, does the uh, overall traffic of that road have something to do? A a much more traveled road is going to get a higher priority, obviously, than one that doesn't. And then secondly, do you have an idea how many lane miles has been done since that initial package?
4: i i well one uh in the past we've done it and and this i would say is a probably the biggest mistake we made in the past, in my opinion, was we just we base it on overall lane miles. But in Tulsa, you have twice as many lane miles in neighborhood streets as you do on main streets. And so neighborhood street projects, even though they have a lot less people driving on them, got twice as much funding. Uh, In this program, it's much more equal. So we're trying because the streets I hear most complaints about are are major streets. Mm -hmm. And so we want to have equal funding between neighborhood streets and main streets.
1: If you were going to to spend some of that uh, money for Improve Our Tulsa. Where would you spend it? Hit the open mic button on the KRMG app or send us a text at 95920. Happening now, KRMG is spending this hour going in-depth on the Improve Our Tulsa Renewal Plan.
0: After a series of public meetings on the initial proposal, the mayor, council, and city staffers are preparing to finalize the plan. District 1 Councilor Vanessa Hall-Harper tells me her constituents do want better roads, but they have other concerns as well. Parks
3: also is something that's very important uh, to, to certain, certainly people in my, um, my district. And so we want to have those conversations as well. I think we, we need to have a good
0: balance. She says she's ready to dive in on the details, and so are we. Russell Mills, News 1023 KRMG. Issues that matter to
5: you. Expanded. On the KRMG Morning News, 8 a.m. In-Depth Hour.
1: We are getting a lot of open mics for Mayor G.T. Bynum and Counselor Phil Aiken. We'll get to those in, uh, in just a moment. Um, but uh where were we, we were
2: we... we were talking streets and actually some of the things about how those are done and you know the, the mayor told me about how it's really based on runways yeah <laughs> and we were in transition from it, streets it's the same
1: and, grading system yeah. they use for runways
2: yeah yeah then they transition from streets into um and there's that's not the only thing there there's also vehicles involved in this uh, yes. there's a picture of the mayor <laughs> actually when we went out to deliver the pizza to the workers at the uh, city yard they had told us they showed us the truck you'd stuck your foot through Councilor.
5: Uh, yeah. <laughs> counselor I like and took that picture it was great photography <laughs>
1: <laughs> So the, the salt had corroded the floorboard of the sand truck or salt truck so much that you could put your foot right through. right it. through the floorboard and it's, yep. n- it's not just the uh the salt and sand trucks it's it's police cars too
4: please explain why we need more police cars when we have about 30 sitting at the old training track
1: okay So, do we need more police cars?
4: Well, we do. Uh, We use, and before I say anything about, you know, we hear about the beat up old trucks and stuff like that. It's important to point out, though, that our fleet maintenance team at the City of Tulsa this year was ranked uh, by their peers as the best fleet maintenance team of any city in all of North America. So we have the best vehicle maintenance team in the whole continent, but we ask them to maintain vehicles way too long. And so they're getting more mileage out of vehicles than they were supposed to when we purchased them. But you got to remember, whether it's a salt and sand truck, a fire truck, police car, uh, they're out running 24 hours a day generally, uh, whether it's 110 degrees outside or Ten below as we got to with the wind chill this winter. Um, they're running all the time, and the ability—you know—we spend over a hundred million dollars a year on public safety in Tulsa, but most of the time the only way for them to access people and help them is utilizing the vehicles they have so we we have not done a good job in the past of having a regular replacement schedule and also as with any of us in our own vehicle at some point it becomes more expensive to maintain these vehicles than it does to just replace them with a new one so we want to be smarter about our replacement schedule and that's what we've funded in this program
0: I'd like see you do something about the rough railroad crossings
1: around town. Rough railroad crossings. Is that uh, your purview? Is that the city or is that the, the railroad?
4: Actually, that is up to the railroads, and I completely agree um, that, That can be a challenge because the railroads are are not accountable to the city or the state and often not even the federal government. It's pretty remarkable, kind of Mm -hmm. a throwback to 19th century laws that were set in place that give them such – yeah, such control. Uh, They've made some improvements, but there are other places where there's no question they need to do better. But that's not something we can fund. All right. Another open mic. So how did Lewis in front of the mother road deserve a faster Mm – Fixed than other roads oh, in
1: Tulsa. I can answer that. I live there. And <laughs> it, was, it was for me. At least that's what I tell myself. <laughs> that is, I mean, okay, you look at Lewis, anywhere from 44 all the way up to Admiral, and there are several parts of Lewis that are just scary for motorists because it's so narrow and the, the utility poles so close to the pavement. Um, but all that work from 21st north to 15th, why was that done now?
4: Uh, Well, we do our streets a section at a time. uh, And, you know, it's all a matter of trying to balance different projects around the city. I I appreciate that the caller thought that that was done faster than other projects because I heard the exact opposite from the business owners (laughs) along that stretch. Um, but that is something that, uh, you know, when you're doing is we're doing over $100 million a year in street projects and you have to balance that citywide.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, if you've got a, a, a place like Mother Road Market that is attracting people to the city and attracting people in the city to it, even though that wasn't
2: the plan, it would make sense to have that road be as good as possible, wouldn't it? Yeah, you would think so. And that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of what you're trying to do, right?
5: Well, it does make sense, but this is a very objective process, yeah. and and it that does not go into the computer program. It doesn't mm-hmm. know where Mother Mar- Mother Road Market is, or Woodland Hills Mall is, or anything else. Interesting. It yeah. just knows what the score of that pavement what and that score. stretch
4: of lewis has been that's from our 2008 program i believe so that was in place you know a decade oh. before mother road market even exactly.
1: opened so i guess the answer to that uh, that person's question is it wasn't a fast fix in fact it was one of the last things being
2: fixed mm-hmm. there you also got questions not only about uh, roads but about foot roads sidewalks yes we you, you surprised you heard a lot about that
4: well to me that was one of the more interesting differences in you know we heard people talk about streets in every single town hall meeting but there were some parts of the city where sidewalks were much more of an issue where you have more pedestrians than you might have in other parts of the city and we a- adopted a policy about a decade ago so every main street that we do when we do a project along there uh, and we call them arterial streets that's you know Harvard Lewis Yale those types of streets um, we do the sidewalks along those that's part of the street project but there are a lot of parts of the city and know Councilor lakin's really worked on it in south tulsa where we need more sidewalks for folks to get around
5: it's amazing what happens whenever you put sidewalks down I, I can't tell you the pride that i have just seeing kids and parents walking from their neighborhoods to their schools so in south tulsa whenever i started we didn't have any sidewalks whatsoever mm-hmm. now we have five or six or seven more miles worth of sidewalks wow makes all the difference in the world so sidewalks, we'll continue to do that
1: sidewalks and curbs man they make a huge difference in a neighborhood exactly um i know this really doesn't have anything to do with improve our tulsa but i've been wondering it too and maybe from the city's perspective we, we have an answer here's an open mic
4: what about that building on i-44 and 41st got damaged by the tornado it absolutely looks terrible
1: it does that's the remington tower there with all the plywood in the windows still coming up on two years later what, yes can you give us an update on that
4: yeah and that building building just so folks understand what happened the tornado came through and it sucked all the tile off the exterior of the La Quinta next door and shot it through that building like buckshot Um, and so there is now there's litigation between the ownership group of that building and their insurer as to what the extent of the damage to the building was Mm. and so until that is resolved that that building is kind of frozen in time the way it is I, I completely agree it looks terrible my kids go to school right by there, so I drive by it twice a day, and it looks awful. But it's a it's an issue that's tied up in the court right now between the owners and the insurers.
1: Well, In just a moment, we'll ask uh, Mayor Bynum and Counselor Lakin what the oddest request they've heard so far in this <laughs> whole Improve
4: Our Tulsa process has been.
5: Find Red Alert Traffic Advisories on krmg.com.
2: Can you please ask the mayor about
1: charles page boulevard yeah. see uh, the same guy as before he uh, gave us two open mics he must drive charles page boulevard a lot is that one that came up a lot in the meetings
4: charles page uh, it is not but we can put that on our list and look at it i'm i'm looking it up right now a lot of charles page boulevard especially the area it's where he starts talking county. about is in sand springs, sand springs. Oh, not in tulsa Um, And I'm trying to bring up our connection. If you want to look at any street at all and find out if it's been funded already, you can just go to fixourstreetslive.com. And that has a map that people can go to that shows all of the previous projects that have already been funded.
1: Okay. Fixourstreetslive.com. And then you have improveartelsa.com as well, right? Yes. So if you want uh,
4: more what, information on improve our Tulsa, you can find that there as well.
1: Okay. What is the area you think you heard most about in those five public hearings? Past streets.
4: Other than streets?
1: Yeah. Streets or whatever. What what comes to mind? What what did you keep getting hammered on?
5: I think bicycles and alternative modes of transportation came yeah. up quite a bit. Yep. And they continued to send people to every single one of the meetings, which is perfectly fine. Uh, because they still need they want to advocate for those people who just don't want to drive from place to place. They may want to bike, they may be in a wheelchair, they may just want to walk. Well, and as so, long
1: as we're talking about it, mm-hmm. uh, in Indianapolis, they have expanded the sidewalks and have put in scooter lanes for the limes and the birds. And this is downtown um and so they've they've kind of instead of forcing them off onto the street which is where you're supposed to be riding them actually they've expanded the sidewalks and put a lane there on the sidewalks for them um obviously with the recent news and the death of the five-year-old the the scooters are certainly top of mind in tulsa um is there a plan being worked on to regulate them to deal
4: with them in any way well we already have an ordinance (coughs) excuse me in place that regulates them um But on the specific notion of lanes, we actually – we approved in the original Improve Our Tulsa and then envisioned funding to implement bicycle and pedestrian infrastructure citywide. Mm. And a lot of our – we are installing bike lanes in downtown Tulsa right now, uh, including down 3rd Street right today, um, that would be uh, shared lanes for both scooters and bikes. Because that's, I think, one of the greatest challenges we face with the scooter traffic is – People are riding them and don't realize that you're not supposed to ride them on sidewalks in downtown Tulsa. You can ride them on sidewalks elsewhere where there's less traffic, but in downtown, it's really dangerous.
2: Did it explode faster than you thought it would, the scooter thing?
4: Actually, we've been very fortunate here in Tulsa because we were proactive on putting an ordinance in place before we allowed them to... to set up shop and that's because we proactively reached out to the scooter companies you know you we had this one very high profile tragedy uh but that was with a a driver who was riding with a child which you're not supposed to do driving in the wrong direction on one of our busiest thoroughfares in the city Mm -hmm. at night in the dark i mean i there are few things i can think of that they did more wrong in that situation what uh
1: Are are there any areas in these five meetings that you thought you would hear a lot about but didn't and are kind of surprised that people didn't complain about it or want fixes out of Improve Our Tulsa?
5: I was really happy with the comments that we received back. It's, It's as if people expect this now, that they know what the purpose of Improve Our Tulsa is, that it's not a visionary package, it's not about economic development, it's about nuts and bolts. Streets, equipment, parks, the things that make the city mm. what it is. And so uh, we really did have most of the comments confined just to the to the areas that really the city has to deliver in order for the city to do its its normal course of business. The meetings
1: did provide us with some fodder for the morning show and one golden moment when I don't know the lady's name, but the lady got up and said, Well, streetlights just make it easier for the criminals to see your house. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a little snickering uh, at the table when that, that came up?
4: There, you know, That's just proof you're never going to win over everybody on, <laughs> yeah, on anything. I but guess. I will say to echo Counselor Lakin, the thing that has, I would say, most surprised me and for the good was the number of people that came out to these meetings. I mean, this is not a flashy program. This is mm-hmm. basic infrastructure, <laughs> street work, uh, roofing vehicles for police and fire and, and our road crews. And you would think, oh, people come out for the flashy stuff like vision with the BOK center and putting water in the river and bus rapid transit. But we had a ton of people come out who really care about their city being properly maintained.
1: That's why you love local politics, is yes. It? You know, yep. it really crosses party lines. It crosses every kind of thing that normally divides us on
2: a on a bigger scale. And and there and there is some rainy day fund in part of this, isn't there, Mayor?
4: That is a the I would say probably the largest difference between this program and previous ones is the council and I and the budget that we've put together for this year. We actually triple the size of our rainy day. fund fund, but we're still way off from where we need to be. Kind of like what the governor was telling you about in his segment about what he's trying to do at the state. We're trying to do the same thing at the city uh, to protect us when we have an inevitable economic downturn. So we're not laying off police officers when our economy is in decline and crime is going up. And so, but we need an ongoing revenue source for our rainy day fund. So we've carved out a 20th of a cent out of this program that would be a permanent funding source for the rainy day fund to protect us so that when we do have an economic downturn, our police officers, our firefighters, and our core services at the city are protected for the citizens of Tulsa.
1: So now city council decides what it's going to prioritize, and then you have the next set of public hearings, and then you, we vote on November 12th, which, is, as Russell pointed out, exactly six years to the day of the vote on Improve Our Tulsa in
4: 2013. Wow. Hmm. Didn't realize that. That's- is that cool? Hopefully, we have the same uh, winning percentage as we did in 2013. Well, with the
2: momentum that's been created (laughs) lately financially around here, you kind of feel that people are in that mood to continue that progress. When do you anticipate
1: the next town meetings to be? Uh, In July. In July. All right. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. We might call you back in July, all right? Perfect. Thank you. And we'll
2: get the governor and you can ask him something.
4: <laughs> I know. I feel like I missed such an opportunity there. I, I could have put him on the spot and I couldn't think of anything. I panicked, Rick. <laughs> Mayor G.T. Bynum
1: and
3: Counselor Phil Lakin. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus.